Hello, all you kings, queens, and those in between, and welcome to another meeting of Parisha's Book Club, where I get to puke up all my thoughts about whatever book I managed to clear out of my backlog. Today, I want to take a look at a book that I hadn't heard of until I saw it on the book talk table at my local books a million, with its somber yet beautiful cover depicting a street in 1950s San Francisco at night with our main characters isolated in the bottom right-hand corner by a lone streetlight. Melinda Lowe's Last Night at the Telegraph Club. Now, that probably sounds like I'm setting this up as an impulse purchase, but I don't think that's accurate. I have a three-step method when it comes to buying books. First, the cover has to catch my eye, which, as you could probably tell, this one did with flying colors. Secondly, the summary has to be interesting, and in this case, the summary on the front flap of the jacket was an actual quote from the book where protagonist Lily Hu describes a book about two women who fell in love and seems to ask the reader if you've ever heard of such a thing. In context, it turns out Lily is speaking to her love interest, Kath. The summary goes on to explain that the story takes place in 1954, San Francisco, and how that is not the ideal place to be a lesbian, let alone a lesbian of color. And as soon as I saw that this was going to be a lesbian love story with the, depicting a lesbian of color, I made sure to flip to the author bio straight away to confirm that, yes, Miss Lowe is in fact also a lesbian of color. So thank God we have a lesbian love story written by a lesbian woman. Jackpot, am I right? And thirdly, the opening pages need to grab me, which this book absolutely does by starting off with a beauty pageant that contains a somehow not creepy description of a contestant's foot. So we have a gay love story written by a gay woman who is a talented writer. How could I not pick it up? Now this would normally be the part where I talk about what I loved about this book, but I want to be careful about how I praise this particular one. Initially, what I wanted to say was what kept me engaged was the thought of how much of this story was pulled from Lowe's actual life. And wouldn't you know it, apparently this was a common enough sentiment that she made a Twitter thread that made me reconsider how I wanted to talk about it. Lowe made the thread the day that I finished this book, and in it she says that although she did pull from her real life in writing it, that's not what makes the book good. What made the book good is the same thing that makes any other book good. Lowe took the time to pick the right words to create the intended emotions in the reader, and to use Lowe's exact words, it's because of craft, not autobiography. I'm glad I read that thread, because if I didn't, I would probably be here waxing poetic about how, as far as I knew, some of the more intense scenes were taken from Lowe's life, and that uncertainty enhances the reading experience. Now I know doing that would have been a disservice to her. So... Instead, I'll do the sensible thing and focus on the craft and talk about how this story about a teenage daughter of Chinese immigrants in 1954 San Francisco, at the height of the Red Scare, finding out she's a lesbian, resonated with me, a cishet son of Trini immigrants. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm empathetic enough to know that love is love and all that, but when it comes to fictional depictions of gay love, I still don't feel like I can articulate what a good depiction looks like, especially lesbian relationships which have been male gaze to hell and back. But I looked back at the more saucy bits of Telegraph Club after reading Lowe's thread, and I figured it out. 
the word choice has to prioritize admiration over objectification. The difference between the two is the same difference between a well-written love letter and a cat call. If you need examples, there's a whole genre of content dedicated to mocking the terrible ways that authors describe female bodies. But yeah, needless to say, Telegraph Club has none of the usual trappings, like referring to breasts as mountains or, god forbid, vaginas as slits. Seriously, who is the first one to do that? Tell me so I could punch them in the face. Instead, it kind of does away with the flowery similes altogether and just describes the simple things about the characters that they admire about each other. Now, the cool thing about this is that it ends up creating similes in your head, subconscious similes, if you will. The first example to come to mind, which I have to pull from memory because I can't control F a physical copy, is Lily likes the way her hands fit around Kat's waist. Now, Lowe uses, of course, uses better words than that, but like I said, I'm pulling this from memory. Um, that description of how well they fit together creates the subconscious simile of the two of them being pieces of a puzzle. They're a perfect fit, they complete each other, and there's no need to use the word slit. But of course, a book can survive on just its descriptions of goo goo eyes, however well-worded they may be. So it's a good thing that everything else in the book is just as well-written. Telegraph Club won the 2021 National Book Award for Young People's Literature, which I feel it deserved just for the scene where Lily first visits the titular club. You hear it a million times, how writers can make you feel like you're actually there, and as overdone as that phrase is, I really can't think of another way to describe it, because I don't want to be too specific here since I want y'all to actually read this book, it's great, but Lowe nails every detail from the long lines at the bathroom to the taste of your first beer, the anticipation before a musician comes out on stage, the electricity when the musician actually does come out on stage, and yes, even a little bit of that 1954 flavor of casual racism. Yeah, this is a warts and all depiction for sure. But nonetheless, I can't recommend Last Night at the Telegraph Club enough. I feel comfortable saying that this book is a blessing for this generation of queer young people, because if it touched me this much, imagine what it could do for them.